welcome to episode four of League One Lowdown, the podcast where we talk all things from England's third tier. I am your host, Alex Broom, and I'm joined by Joe Citroni. Joe, how are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. How are you? Um, I'm all right, thank you. There is no Matt Isles this week. He has decided to go home back to Bristol, which is, well, quite quite sad for the podcast already, but we have, we'll have we have um, Matthew Voishoff sitting in with him later in the show. Matt, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you, bro. Thank you right. for having me on today. No problem. Right, Joe, I'm going to come to you first. I know you're um, doing a couple of weeks' work experience at League One Club Charlton. How, how have you found that so far? Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, it's all good, mate. All good. You know, lots of interesting stuff. Good experience, that. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a club on the up as well, Charlton. You know, a few good results looking, you know, to get into the top two. So, yeah, it's been, it's been good, mate. Right. Well, we're going to kick off this podcast by talking about um, Walsall sacking Dean Keats. It seems every week we have a new managerial casualty in League One. Um, Keats was um, relieved of his duties after the 3-1 loss to Oxford at the weekend. Joe, you were at that game, weren't you? What did you make of... Um, were you surprised when you heard that he'd left his job? Quite, it was quite soon after the game as well, he was sacked, wasn't it? Were you surprised to hear that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was within the hour, so that's obviously a little bit surprising, you know, to, for a manager to lose his job sort of so soon after the game. Um, but that's the only thing that really did surprise me is, is, is sort of the timing of it, because Warsaw was so poor in that game. You know, uh, obviously we had a player sent off in the first half. Um, Marcus Brown was sent off just before half time, and um, you know, you think, you know, Warsaw desperate for points, coming out against a team um, who's obviously been been rocked by by sending off against ten men. They just didn't offer anything. You know, they were just they were just poor. Um, they didn't really create any really clear cut chances. The only re- real clear cut chances, including the first time as well, it must be said, was was only from sort of our mistakes. You know, when we gave the ball away and the goal they scored was a mistake by Curtis Nelson. So it was just an overall sort of really poor performance. And I saw them a couple of weeks ago on TV against Barnsley, and they were out playing them, and it just you know it was like a different team that was playing in this game. And uh, this was a game that really really mattered for them. They had to sort of get a result in this game. So. Um, I'm not surprised Dean Keats has gone after after that because it really was shocking. Yeah, the, with Walsall, I think it's a bit um, strange because after t- they started the season really well. I mean, they were fifth in the league after 12 games, and I was thinking perhaps yeah. they could be um, a bit like do what Shrewsbury did last year, like be a team you wouldn't really expect to be in the yeah. top six in the league, and possibly um, push for the playoffs, automatic promotion, maybe even. And Keats assembled quite a de- like the signs he made and something like they made, assembled quite a decent squad together. And I was thinking, well, perhaps they could. Yeah overachieved this year and go on to do good things but since since then um I'm looking at the form now since December they've only won three games and that that's awful like that that form is without that relegation form they've lost their last five and they just seem to be in a team who's just completely on the downwards I I think now they're probably one of the most likely to go down but yeah. they've appointed um Martin O'Connor to the end of the season and he's not yeah. what is in my opinion he's not really an appointment who inspires me it's his only is um this is his second managerial job. The first one he had at Hallaswin Town in 2006 to 2007. So he's not really got much experience at yeah. this level. How do you think <clears> he'll fare, Joe? Well, he's just got to try and lift the players. And uh, I think it's just the end of the season. They're just going to try and give this guy a, a chance. I just think, you know, they, the, the, the players weren't playing for Keats. So they just have to just get anyone, throw anyone else but Keats in. Because clearly the, the players had lost um, faith in, in the manager. And once that happens, there's, there's not really any way back. Um, it just didn't look like a team that's playing from at all. O'Connor, it's just it's too late to really get anyone in. Um, no manager is going to risk it wanting to get a relegation on their CV by only sort of managing five games. You know, they're not going to get in someone like a you know, Steve Evans or Paul Hurst or yeah. whoever they might you know want to try and get in. That's not going to get them in. So, I think the the, the aim is to sort of 
give it for Connor. I think he's a club, he's a club legend. He's been on the coaching staff. Um, probably, you know, got quite a good relationship with the players. I imagine it's just one of those where you just sort of chuck him in and hope he can just inspire a little bit more confidence and lift the players a little bit for the rest of the season because they just need points desperately. And um, I don't think they were going to get those uh, the points they needed under Keats. Well, they've got what you say. <clears throat> they've got what you want in a relegation. But they've got a goal scorer and Andy Cook. They did well to. Keats did well to sign him from Tranmere in the summer. Do you think the key to their survival was perhaps getting Cook back in with the goals? Like it's maybe similar to how Gillingham play with Eves. You got your strong player, just play to cater for him. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, he is sort of their top marksman. He's he's a, he's a man that can get goals. He can hold the ball up. Um, he's he's just come back from uh, injury, I think, or, or spell on the sidelines. So that'd be a big boost. He did score obviously the goal against uh, Oxford at the weekend. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely they've just got to try and just hope really that he can he can come up with the goods. So I think in this sort of situation, the, the the one thing you do want and the one thing that maybe will give Walsall some solace is they have got a goal scorer. They have got someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. And actually, earlier in the season, uh, Morgan Ferrier was chipping with a few goals as well. Um, mm-hmm. His goals have dried up. So, you know, maybe O'Connor can get the best out of him again. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. But, you know, if, if Ishmael as well. You know, I hope for him. He's a, he's a key player. I think he's a player that most teams in this division would wouldn't mind having their team skillful, tricky. So I think the attack is definitely where Walsall, um, Walsall need to sort of hope that, that hope that they can perform and, 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 and sort of get them the results they need because defensively I think they're, they're a little bit shaky, to be honest. Yeah, I completely agree with that, I've got to say. Um, moving on from Walsall now, the League One play- Manager of the Month nominees were released yesterday and the uh, four managers up for contention of Lee Bowyer of Charlton, Wally Downs of Wimbledon, Mick Harford of Luton and Carl Robinson of Oxford United. And Joe, I just want to say, who do you think is probably going to be the most likely to pick up the award on Friday morning? Um, I think it, it, it's difficult to look beyond Mick Harford, really, considering how just sort of indestructible that, that Luton have sort of looked this, um, over this, well, not just this month, but the entire season, really. Um, I'm not sure whether they'll try and you know, shake it up. I don't know if, if Harford or you know the Luton managers probably won it several times over the season. They might try and just give it to somebody else. And in which case, and you know, Carl Robinson is definitely in with a shout because it's been a it's been a fantastic month for, for Oxford. As uh, as, uh, as as we've, as we've seen on Saturday, we've got a, a massive three points against Walsall that that also you know all but secured our safety in League One for next season. Which you know, a few weeks ago we, we, we were right in the mile. I think we were in the relegation zone uh, only sort of three four weeks ago, and now we're up in twelfth and. I think nine points clear of, of the bottom four, so it's been a fantastic turnaround. Um, it's sort of come out of nowhere, and you've got to give you know I've been highly critical of Robinson this season, but you know I do like to give credit where it's due, and it's been a it's been a great month. Um, still lots of improvements to see for next season, but look, you know the task sort of February March, um, the beginning of March was just to get Oxford out of trouble, and he's, he's done that. So he's in with a great shout. Bowyer as well, you know, Charlton, let's say, closing in on the top two. He's in with a shout. Uh, Wimbledon, their form has really picked up under under Wally Downs. So they're all in with a shout. They've all had great months, but I think it's going to be between half and Robinson, to be honest. When it comes to the results, I mean, Luton, they've they've won five out of the... They've won, sorry, they've won four out of the six games they've played in the month of <clears> March. <throat> the only games they didn't win were draws against Plymouth and Gillingham, but two teams of which are mm. in pretty decent form themselves. Brushed Doncaster aside four 0 kept also kept four clean sheets. So when you look at results, you probably would lean towards Harford. But as you say, the the upturn which Robinson Carl Robinson's given Oxford United has been fantastic. It, you'd say it's probably come out of nowhere, really. 
But the yeah. wins against Scunthorpe, uh, Scunthorpe, Bradford, Coventry and Wickham in March have all but secured Oxford's safety. They've um, got drew their draw against Rochdale away. You probably say it's not a bad result, really. Like keeping Rochdale, I was Ian Henderson's one of the best um, marksmen yeah. in the division. He's one of the top goal scorers. The only defeat um, came to Gillingham away, and as we just said, a team in good form. But I think, yeah. I mean, I think if um, Luton hadn't been unbeaten, I probably would have given yeah. it to Robinson myself. But the unbeaten factor as well, I think you've just got to yeah. you've got to consider that the only one team's gone unbeaten in the league in March. And I think because of that reason... Oh, sorry, actually, too, but Charlton were as well, but Charlton only played four games. So I, d- I don't think you can really consider Bowie. Say, but um, Charlton played four, they've won two, drawn two. I mean, yeah, I'm beaten, but you're only playing four games, so it's quite hard to mm. award a man to a month to them when Luton have played six games, won four, drawn two. So I probably would give it to Harford as well. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if Robinson got it. I think he'd be a worthy winner. The upturn he's given Oxford to just secure their safety after what was a bleak start to the season. So, uh, mm. it's, what are your thoughts on Wally Downs? With Dow, again, I mean, they lost to Gillingham at home, lost four, conceded four goals at home to Gillingham. It's not really, it's, it's not, it's not. But then again, the three results before that, they've um, won, won, won three in a row before that and drew the other one nil nil. So that's keeping four clean shoots out for, yeah, you probably could give it to him actually when you just say it like that. But they've not been, I think the unbeaten factor for me would give it to Harford over Downs or Robinson. I mean, I wouldn't surprise you if those two did get it, but I think Harford probably is the most deserving. Mm, I think so as well. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I think they've all had good months. That's why they're up for nominate. That's why they're nominated, of course. But I think when you look at it, you know, Luton. You know, you come into this business end of the season you're in the promotion race. Um, you look at Barnsley; they're sort of uh, crumbling under the pressure, whereas Luton are just thriving under it. So I think I think it will be uh, Mick Harford. Um, but of course, honourable mentions to the other three that were nominated. They've all had uh, great months. As you speak about the promotion race now, the team which um, you've been doing work experience for, Charlton, they've been quietly coming into into picture to possibly push for the top two. A good result for them last night away at Wickham, winning 1-0. They've had four clean sheets in a row. They're one defeat in the last 16 games, which shows they're really in good form and pushing for it. I'm going to introduce you now to the podcast, Matt. How do you think Charlton are going to fare between now and the end of the season? Could they potentially hunt down the top two, do you think? I mean, Charlton are one of those teams that they can. They have the players that can get them up there, but it's their running is looking a bit difficult. When you look at, they've got Luton at home on on Saturday. They've also got um, Rochdale, who are fighting for their lives. Oxford away, which they're in, in good, good form. form. Yeah. So there's there's you can always say you can never know. In, it's the old age. Like you never know in football, they can anyone can beat anyone in in League One. And as we can see at both ends of the table, there's just so much to play for and like it's going to be exciting running but Charlton do have some good players they've got the return of Johnny Williams who they got in January who's always going to be a big plus you know former Premier League player yeah he's one of the, got to be one of the best players in the league really when you put it down to pedigree he was playing for Crystal Palace and then I think it's mainly the location factor which um, attracted him to Charlton just you sort of play play every week you know to get in the team doesn't have to relocate it's still South London that's got to be the main reason he moved there yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, Johnny Williams, when he was at Palace, I mean, times I've watched him, he was, he's very good on the ball, he, he, he can pick a pass, and he also can can let a good shot off. But, you know, you've got to look at goals as well in the Charlton team. You've got Lyle Taylor, who's got 19 this season. But then the next one down is Joe Arebo, who's got six. They lost Carlin Grant. Yeah, it didn't in, in... help losing Grant to Huddersfield. 
But then they've all they've got um other firepower with Vetter Kelly. I watched I watched a game against Wickham last night, Charlton, and Vetter Kelly looked quite he looked like he was a threat. Um, but most of the game was went was Wickham. Like, it was Wickham creating most of the chances, but Charlton had that good knack of grinding that result when they weren't playing so well. Joe, that is that a big feature which you have to carry on if they're going to be serious about hunting the top two? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, as you say, you know, it was it, it was always going to be, I think, a game like that last night um, where you've got to adapt. I think when you go to Wickham, it's always going to be a, a physical affair and it's going to be a bit of a battle. And they show that they can not only uh, win games well with their creative players, you mentioned sort of Williams and players like that, you know, but they can sort of grind out results as well. And they've got leaders. Obviously, Jason Pierce was the, the guy who got the goal. He's a leader at the back. Uh, they've got some great um, options in defence. I think um, I saw a stat uh, yesterday, I think, that they've conceded the least amount of goals in the entire of the EFL um, in 2019. So they've got a strong defence, got some good players up front, and you know, Lyle Taylor is a, a real goal scorer in this division. So I think they're just a, a good, what sort of well-rounded team, um, and they've got a good chance. You know, they're four points I think off the uh, off the top two now. They're really sort of going under the radar and. Uh, I'm going to push it all the way. And obviously with Sunderland drawing last night, uh, yeah, they're in with a shout. Yeah, Barnsley are, are faltering at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Charlton could just sneak in there. So the League One Player of the Year was announced um, this week and it went to James Collins of Luton who beat off the other two nominees of Aidan McGeady of Sunderland and John Marquise of Doncaster. Joe, do you agree that Collins has been the best player in the league this year? I think it's difficult to argue against him getting the award when he's obviously a you know, top scorer for the best team, 22 goals this season. It's, a, it's an excellent return. Um, and I'm surprised, you know, I was looking at Luton at the start of the season thinking that the key player um, up front was going to be Hilton, but James Collins has, has, has really come on this year. Um, I, I always thought of him more as a, as a League Two striker, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this his time at Crawley, you know, he was successful and he went to Luton and he's, he's really kicked on in League One and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to, to argue against it. I know, you know, McGeady has been, been excellent for, for Sunderland and equally Marquis for, for Doncaster, but I think um, Collins is a is a real, uh, really sort of key reason as to why Luton are doing so well at the top of the league. And um, I don't think any uh, other player in the league has been as influential on uh, on one team as, as James Collins has for Luton Town. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree with your point of what you said about him being a League Two striker. Lazarte got promoted with Shrewsbury in 2015. He yeah. then went signed for Northampton the year after, um, in the January after they got promoted. He wasn't getting games with Shrewsbury in League One, and then he got promoted from Northampton then, and then he went to Crawley in League Two. So he's, bot- he's we could say I wouldn't say bottled League One, but he's he could have played <laughs> in League One a couple of times, but chose not to for whatever reason. Perhaps larger salaries, I don't know. And he's um always done well in League Two, and then. I was very surprised actually when Luton signed him in the first place. They got rid of um, Jack Marriott to sign James Collins. So yeah. That raised, yeah. well, my eyebrows were certainly raised. That I thought Marriott was a pretty good striker. He's got, obviously gone on to do excellent things at Peterborough and now Derby. And the, when Collins came in, he only he got a hat trick on his Luton debut against Yeovil, and that just shut me right up. I thought, okay, fair enough. <laughs> if you're going to play for, if Luton want to play for, have that physical bully up front, that's what he is. He absolutely. Yeah. He's a bulldozer against defenders. He's pretty quick. He's mobile. He knows where the goal is. He's an excellent finisher. He's a good poachy. He's a just a typical, really proper old school centre forward. He, if you if you get him firing, which Luton have done, you're going to do good things. That's exactly what's happened. Yeah, exactly. And he, he, he's not just a goal scorer. There's more to his game than that. He can he brings his teammates into the game so well. When he holds the ball up and lays it off to their opponents. Luton attack quite quickly using the full backs a lot. 
And I think the Stace, um, Jack Stacey to James Collins assist a goal. I, I can't remember what the exact stat was, but I think they scored like six or seven goals. Like that player assisting to Stacey assisting to Collins. That's ridiculous. Like, like six, six, seven times the same combination coming out of a goal. That's that's excellent. It shows where Luton's strengths are definitely getting the full backs to put in crosses for the big man. And it's showed by how um how he's picked up that award. Matt, do you agree that the Player, the player of the year award should have gone back to Bedfordshire and Luton. Yeah, I think Collins has had a had a great season. As you said, scored twenty two goals. Got did, did get quite a few goals last season as well. But obviously Hilton gets the main attention as as a Luton striker. But Collins has even got a call up for for Republic of Ireland. Which mm-hmm. okay, Ireland are not what they used to be with like, strikers like they used to have the likes of Keane and and that. But even getting a call up from a for a League One player to a country like Ireland yeah. shows how good a season he has had. And it's, I mean, not just talking about James Collins, but Luton on a whole have been superb this season. I really am looking forward to seeing how they might do in the Championship next season, assuming that everything goes to plan and they, they do get promoted. But James Collins has been a fantastic player and I hope he does does well in the Championship next season. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with all you said again. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, Marquise and McGeady, I don't think they've even come close to Collins and they're the only other two nominees. I think McGeady, you know, you've got to you've got to make a case for McGeady. I think is is, is probably close to the Mar- Marquise. I've got to say, um, always it's always going to be attacking players, and I do think McGeady's had a great season. Obviously, you saw him in the Czech Trade Trophy final. You know, he was for yeah. me, in the first half, especially one of the best players on the pitch. And so, sort of every time I've seen him, he has been very very influential for for Sunderland. But I think, um, as you say, you know, James Collins has been probably the best player in the league, and um, I think he deserves it. But you know, again. Um, Two good seasons for you know for uh, well, a good season for um, Gidi and a good season for Marquis as well. Marquis as well has uh, um, made the step up last two seasons from League Two to League One, which I wasn't sure if he was going to, but he's another one that sort of has found a, a really good home at Doncaster over the last few years. Um, was sort of uh, when he was at Millwall was sort of loaned here, there, and everywhere, and he's really kicking on now. But yeah, I think Collins is a worthy winner. Coming back to um, McGeady, I think his performances have sort of mirrored Sunderland as a whole this year. I mean, they've shown in, you know, he's shown like in patches how good he is and what he can do. But he's also lacked a bit of consistency. Perhaps when Sunderland mm. are looking for that, because they had so many draws. When Sunderland are looking for that match winner to win them the game, that's when you'd think a player of McGeady caliber would really step up and do something to win them that game. And he, whilst he has done it on occasions, I just don't think he's been quite consistent enough to say, "Yep, you mm. you deserve the award over Collins." And when it comes back to Marquise, and you look at his figures, 19 goals, 5 assists. Yeah, well, you can't really argue with that. He's going to get 20 goals a season. That's a good return. But it's been, again, in a side who've um, been, they've been a bit, again, inconsistent. And I think it does play, I know the award's player this season, but I think it does play a part when you when um, the judges give the award, how well the team's done. And because Luton mm, have handled yeah. League One the way they have after their promotion, I think it was always probably going to be a Luton player, and he's been their best player, their top scorer. I think he does deserve the award completely, James Collins. Mm. Except for Macalambe, obviously. Yeah, well, Macalambe is giving him with a <laughs> shout with two appearances, four goals conceded, three of which in the 88th minute or later. Um, right, let's now talk about the rest of last night's games. We've just touched on Aidan McGeady in Sunderland. His team were in action last night where... They drew to Burton. Joe, is that two points dropping in the hunt for the top two? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a missed opportunity, really, for Sunderland. Um, they do go into the top two um, as a result of that point, but you know, they, they would have been in a massively strong position had they had they won that game. You know, three points clear of uh, 
of Barnsley and um, game with one game in hand yeah. it would have been a really really strong position to be in heading into the final run in for, for Sunderland and although they're, they're now in the top two you know it's now in their hands and they still of course have got that game in hand to, to extend it to uh, that um, that points uh, gap over Barnsley even further you can't help but feel that maybe a little bit of missed opportunity to, to, to not go and win that game having said that you know we have mentioned on the podcast over the last couple of weeks that but in a, a, you know, a, a no mugs. You know, they are a good side, so um, they did take the lead in that game. So Sunderland fought back. Um, but yeah, I think Jack Ross will probably keep coming out away from that game thinking, well, it's not a bad point, but three points would have been, you know, they'd, they'd have been laughing really. They'd been heading into the, to the running as the, the clear favourites to take that second spot, definitely. You touched. We touched already on Charlton pressing for the top two. Could you possibly, as a Sunderland fan now, be most worried about Portsmouth because they're also they're only three points behind Sunderland and they've also got a game in hand on Barnsley and Charlton. So if assuming both Sunderland and Portsmouth win their games, which is no means the right thing to do, but let's just say they do, Portsmouth will be the team in third and only three points away from Sunderland. So could you say that they're their biggest rivals for second spot, Joe? Mm, yeah, I think so. I think you know Barnsley, you know, are blowing it a bit, aren't they? Like, mm-hmm. Their form over the last sort of few games has been great. So, whereas we said, I think when we were talking uh, a little bit more in depth about the sort of automatic promotion race a few weeks ago, I think um, you, me, and I was uh, sort of uh, were all quite confident that Barnsley were going to nip in there in second place. And now it looks as if you know they're, they're going str- to they're struggle to get in there now. Their, their form has been poor, and you know, Portsmouth and Charlton and, uh, are catching them up, and, and maybe looking at like bigger threats to. To, to, that, to that final spot than, than Barnsley are. They've got to pick up their form really quickly. And, uh, you know, Portsmouth are, are really hitting form. Um, you know, they've, they've managed to, to claw it back, I think, to three points, is it, um, outside the automatic promotion mm-hmm. race. So they're still yeah. very much in with a, a really, really big shout. And um, Kenny Jackett, in these sort of situations, is the sort of manager you want. You know, proven League One. He's been here, done it um, in no, this league many a time over the past. Yeah, he's, he's been there and done it. Um and um, I think they will, yeah, I mean, I think Sunderland will be looking at looking at Portsmouth, they'll be looking at Charlton and thinking, you know, that, that those are going to be tough. But I think if Sunderland do win their, their game in hand, I'm not sure who it's against, but if they do win that game in hand, then um, I think it's, gonna, it's actually difficult to see anyone capturing them beyond that point. Um, but I think all of those teams, actually, um, are teams that are capable of dropping points. Um, so there's going to be plenty more twists and turns, I think, before the season's over. So it's going to be a very, very interesting running at the top of League One. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong there, Matt. Do you agree with Joe when he says Barnsley might have blown it, or do you think they could still be in with a shout? I mean, I think when I watched Barnsley at the end of last season, they were in the Championship. They looked quite poor. Just and this season, they they they're just one of these teams that you think, oh, they should go up. They they're too good not to go up. But they're, they're just they, as you say, he's always say the inconsistency of teams like Barnsley. Will always be the stumbling block. Like Portsmouth are in great form, Sunderland have the quality, and Charlton also have that run of form that they're just they're just blowing Barnsley away with the fact that they can't Barnsley can't string results together. That's the thing though, that the, those teams you mentioned they're in form at the right time, aren't they? Well, yeah. Barnsley are having their dip at the worst worst time, aren't they? Really? Yeah, I mean, like you look you look at Portsmouth, you look at Charlton. Like, do you want to be performing from January through to through to May rather than doing really well at the start of the season, being up there as we've seen? In other teams, like you were mentioning, Walsall at one point were really high up in the league, and then post post Christmas they they fell apart. You're seeing that maybe not as bad, but at Barnsley they're not just you need you need the the consistency from in the winter months to take you into March. If you're up there in March, you just as long as you can string results together like your Portsmouth and Charlton have done, then you're in with a good shout. I mean, Sunderland should should go up because they've got the quality. I mean, you look at 
players like Will Grigg, who when he was in the League One with um, Wigan, Wigan, he was and he was on fire as as, mm. as as the chant goes. But he also got you know Sunderland brought in a, a good striker on loan in Kaziah Sterling, who scored his first goal at the weekend. And if you can match Sterling and Grigg, the experience in League One, and someone who's who's full of his youth, he's got the got the excitement about him. You should see Sunderland getting over the line and getting back into the Championship. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely Sunderland's to lose. I mean, there's not, there's a, was there only five games left, and they're, they're, um, if they win their game in hand, they'll be three points clear. And I think that's just the sort of thing which you, you want. If you, I think you just said to Sunderland fans at the start of the season, automatic promotions will be in your hands with five games left. Well, six Sunderland now with their game in hand, but the other teams around have got five games left. They probably would have taken it after the misery they've had the last couple of years before that. Definitely, so yeah. I don't think they're in a bad position <clears> at all. It's just whether they've got the bottle to be able to get over the line. And I probably would say they do. I think when it comes down to it, they've got the experience of, um, Will, as Matt said, Will Grigg in League One. Is he needs to really he needs to be able to score goals because he's been a bit underwhelming so far. But if he scores the goals, which we know he can, I think it's definitely Sunderland's second spot this year to join Luton in the Championship. Twelve and a half minutes. Um, right, there's one other game last night, and this was an absolutely massive game at the bottom of the league. Two teams in well in contrast and form. Rochdale in good form and they've been picked up recently whilst Accrington have having again another team having a dip at the wrong time. Um, Rochdale did go to um, the crown ground and win 1-0 so that's a good away performance um, for them against uh, their old manager John Coleman. Joe how big a result is that for Rochdale to win and again how big is it for Accrington to lose that game? Uh, it's, it's As you say it's, you can't underestimate how big this game was really it was it was, it was massive Um and as, as you say, you know, Accrington are, are one of those teams that are sort of sliding towards the drop zone. There are a few teams who are, who are doing that. Wickham, um, one of them who, just for the last few weeks, have, um, have just have, have been stuck in a rut and they just can't get out of it. Um, but this is especially bad for Accrington because I think we've all been looking at the situation the last few weeks and thought, well, Accrington are down there, but you look at them, they've got a couple of games in hand. That'll be their sort of safety net. That's what they can fall back on, those, those two games in hand. Well, They've had one of them, probably the, the easier, you know, the, the yeah. bigger one of the of the, of the mm-hmm. two they've got, and they've lost it. So they're now in big trouble. You know, there's no doubt about it now. You know, whereas a few weeks ago you said, could have said, well, if they win those two games at hand, they're pretty much mid table. Now they're there's no doubt about it. They're right in the they're right in the mix to, to go down. They're, they're absolutely um, in in some serious trouble. Um, and Rochdale, of course, um, a big a big three points for them. And you know, I remember in the um, in in one of the early podcasts that we did. We were sort of saying, well, Rochdale, they're probably done buried. And, you know, um, Brian Barry Murphy is, uh, has, has really pulled it together. He's been, he's, he's, he's just one of those men. I think, you know, we talked about Walsall earlier with the caretaker coming in. That's the sort of impact that, that potentially the caretaker manager can have. Just somebody new, somebody fresh that can come in. And even if it is sort of somebody's relatively unproven, they can just give the players a bit of a lift. It's happened at, it's happened at Rochdale. Um, and uh, Walsall will be hoping to have a similar effect. And, I think Rochdale are going to be really confident about staying up now. Their form's good. Their form has massively picked up and they've had a few games in, over the last few weeks against teams around them and I don't think they've lost any of them. They've picked up points. Um, so in, in, they would have been looking at that run of fixtures they've just been on and thinking, well, this is going to be make or break and it looks as if uh, they've, uh, you know, they've, they've got a, a good run of form together and have sort of just pulled out the bag at the, right at the last moment. 
Yeah, I agree. I had, I personally thought Rochdale were dead and buried as well as a couple of weeks ago, but then Barry Murphy's came in. He's done, which I didn't think it was possible to do for him to get those players playing the way they are and grind the results out. They've upturning form. It's, it's been. It seems in this is this league of teams are either they're mirroring each other. Like there's been teams who have been on this massive downturn. Teams who are hitting form at the right time and doing things unexpected. And Rochdale, one of those, like the way Oxford, Bristol Rovers, Plymouth, even Shrewsbury, Gillingham, they've all just managed to get wins recently, which has just taken them clear of danger. While Rochdale obviously are not clear yet, they're, they're in the right form at the right time. And it's similar to what Wimbledon have done, really. Because again, Wimbledon was so far cut adrift. So that result last night against the relegation rival is, is probably the biggest result of Rochdale's season so far. That That's definitely... The result you think, which if they do that, they look back on and say, "Yeah, that's where we we really needed to win and get the points, and we did." And I think I'm looking as you look at the table now. I mean, you probably you wouldn't bet against them going down the form they're in and how they've managed to turn it around. I, I would say they'll probably stay up now, but they've then of course they're not safe yet. They've got they've got to do they've got to keep it together in the next games. They've got um, the weekend. They've got um, another big game against Portsmouth, which is, you could say it's looking tricky on paper, but Portsmouth um, were hanging on by the ropes against Wickham on Saturday. Um, last Saturday, just gone, so they're definitely beatable, Portsmouth. And if Rochdale can get a win there, I think they'd be very, very much almost safe. What, what, what do you think about that? Well, we saw last season with Rochdale that they, they had that ability to, to sort of just stay up, maybe not by you know by the skin of their teeth, they, the Thompson scoring... Last day of the season to keep them up last year. They had the help of the FA Cup run, obviously, to give them the, the games in hand. But they got Henderson up front, who is one of the best strikers in the league on his day. And he's he's just, he's just Rochdale just have that ability, and that's what sort of will help you in the in the closing stages of the season when you have that ability to just scrape through, keep yourself up. Like we see saw in the few years ago with the Premier League with Wigan, they were always down there. Everyone had them dead and buried in the Premier League, yeah. but yet. Yeah, Every season they somehow turned it round, and that's sort of what Rochdale have been doing last season. They're doing this season. I mean, they they have Charlton at home on the last day, oh, sorry, Charlton away on the last day of the season, which could be a massive game for both sides. Charlton could be having that chance at the top two, as we keep saying, yeah. and and Rochdale could be also trying to secure yeah. being up, being in League One next season. So the run-in's going to prove tricky, as you say. You've got Portsmouth, and you're going to have Charlton there. Two of the teams going for then promotion. The game after Portsmouth is Wickham at home, and you can't underestimate that. Again, it's two relegation, um, two relegation bound teams going towards each, um, having to play against each other at this stage of the season. It is make or break in those sort of games. Yeah, I mean, I've been to, when I went to Rochdale away last season for the FA Cup game against Spurs. It was the atmosphere that can be generated at that, that place can swing games for you. I mean, you think a team that when they're down, you think maybe fans might get get on top of them might make them feel more pressure but the fans seem to get behind the team they seem to that that will be a big factor in the closing stages but having the game at home to Wickham I mean Wickham are in poor form as as you know Alex you know it's mm-hmm. yeah it's terrible that you know Wickham could be dragged into it and that game could looking at Rochdale's fixtures now uh, Portsmouth away Wickham at home Bristol Rovers away Southend at home and then Charlton away you got to say three of their five remaining games were against teams um, in similar positions to them, battling to stay up, and they're the games you've got to look to pick up points in. If you're um, Brian Barry Murphy, the Watchdale fans, do you want to, you want to be picking up points in those games rather than 
the Portsmouth and Charlton. You may look at the Portsmouth and Charlton games as a free hit as such. If you pick anything mm. up from there, great. Yeah. But it's not a disaster if you don't. They're not the games which they'll... Because if they, if they win those two games and lose the other three, they still could be in a spot of trouble. It just comes down to if they can hold their nerve against the big games with the teams in similar positions to them. I think that's where Rochdale's fate will be decided this season in those three games. Yeah, completely agree with you there. Yeah, 100%. And then there was one other game, of course, last night. Um, Charles and Athletic beat Wickham Wanderers by one goal to nil. I, w- I watched this match. I watched it on my um, TV on iFollow. And I've got to say, while Charlton were an organised unit, I thought Wickham played really, really well, created many chances. I think probably did deserve at least a point from the game. I thought Scott Cashgate was impressive in his first start for a couple of months. He played well off Lack and Fenwer similar to what they used to do a couple of seasons ago. Whilst Charlton did deal with Akin Fenwa um, better than what most teams usually do, he did still manage to get um, Kashgat and Freeman into the game when he could. But then when Charlton, on the on the counter-attack, Charlton did look pretty good. They um, scored from a set play, which was um, fairly poor defending from Wickham's point of view. I think, was it Pierce who got their goal? Um, he got in between John Batty and El Abd, I think, or might have been McCarthy, got in between those two and just... Got it. Just managed to knock it past all sort from close range. It was a, it was a poor goal to concede, but the it was good attacking play to get in between the two defenders, and then Wickham missed about three golden opportunities in the second half. From a catch get had um was in the six yard box and turned the ball goalwards. It was just unlucky. It went straight towards Charlton's goalkeeper anywhere but there. It was a goal, and then hit the post soon after that, and then. I think Nick Freeman and Akinfen were both had efforts that almost went in. So it's not as if it was a dominating win for fifth in the league against fifth bottom in the league. But it was that that when at this stage of the season, results are more important than performances. And whilst Wickham had the performance, Charlton had got the result. And you ask yourself, what would you rather have? Of course, you'd rather have the result than the performance. And it leaves Wickham ahead of this weekend with massive, massive work to do ahead of their game away at South End, And that's one of the four games we have to predict for our little preview for the weekend coming up now. And so we'll start with that game, Southend uh, home to Wickham. Matt, how do you think that would go? Well, I think, as you keep saying, Wickham may have played really well last night against Charlton, but maybe it's getting inside the players' heads a little bit that they just can't seem to get the results. Maybe that, you know, Southend aren't in, aren't in good form at all, but they could also look at the game and say, right, Wickham are in bad form as well. This could be our, our turning point game where we could, we, we could maybe get on this run in the last few of the games and stay up. Whereas Wickham could also see it in the same way. But it's, it's going to be one of those where it's going to be anything can happen on the day that if Wickham put in a performance they did against Charlton, they should get a result in theory. But obviously Southend could, could turn up as well. So it's, it's one of them that's it's a really one, hard one to call and really could go either way. So what's your score prediction then? Uh, my score prediction, I've gone for a 1-1 draw because I can see... Maybe Southend taking the lead, maybe in the first half, and then Wickham pegging them back just after the break, and then it'll just be one of them where it it could it could swing, but I can't see both teams are struggling for goals. You can both teams are just are struggling down the bottom. You could find that they just can't get that that winning goal to give them the confidence boost that they probably do need. So I'll go go for a one-one draw there. Um, my take on this is. On this game, it's it's the big it's a huge game for both sides. They've almost mirrored each other's seasons, really. Southend and Wickham. Southend have won once this year. Wickham have lost um, have um, not won in their last twelve games. So both teams are in absolutely abysmal form. But then the Wickham's last two performances against two of the teams 
two teams going forward about promotion, you'd probably say they've been the better side in both. They've um I like there's a stat I quite like the expected goal stat and Wickham had one point six expected goals last night against the best league um the the league's best defence this year in Charlton. And if you're creating the sort of chances to get that, then you can definitely create chances against the leaky south end defence. And I ultimately think that is what's gonna help Wickham win this game on Saturday. I don't like putting pole statements out there, but I, I do think Wickham are gonna win this game. I think we've got more going forward if we play like we did yesterday than what Southend can handle at the back. Because we were absolutely excellent going forward, playing against one of the best defences in the league, creating many chances. Should have scored should have scored at least one, probably two. And I do think we are going to have enough to see off Southend. And whilst it's probably not going to be pretty because they're two teams in poor form, I've got 2-1 to Wickham down on my prediction. Do you think that maybe it's, you say, the last two performances against Portsmouth and Charlton, do you think it's the fact that the players are raising their game for a team at the higher end of the table and maybe against a team that's going to, you know, it's going to be a scrappy game, as you say, they, they could their levels could drop? Possibly, possibly. But then I'd, whilst our form at home against the bigger teams before the, the two games we've just played have been pretty good, I think it's got to the stage of the season where Ainsworth's really properly having to motivate the players and getting them over the line. And I think whilst perhaps in earlier seasons, Ainsworth's motivation skills to get players over the line when in the Wembley season, the playoff season wasn't that great then. I think that's a skill he's improved on since then. And last year, we uh, we ended this we ended the season quite other than a little blip against Axe. We ended the season quite well when you had to win to get promoted. And I think if we're going to do something similar this year, I know it's a bold thing to say when you haven't won in twelve games, but it's just uh, the sort of thing I can see us doing. Because our next our next five fixtures are again we've got four of the bottom five to play in our last five games. Like you you can you honestly couldn't ask for a better set of fixtures really to end the season on. And while similar to Rochester having three of having three relegation candidates, we've got four all in and around it. So if we can win. If we win two of those four, four games against the teams in and around us, I think we'll be all right, which is why I think we're going to start that this little easier run of fixtures, if you like, with a win on Saturday. Joe, what's your score prediction? Uh, well, I think you've covered quite a lot there, and I think I think it's so difficult to call. Um, I'm not sure if it's a bit too dramatic of me to say it's a relegation decider, but it's, it's feeling as close to that as it does feel as, that way. Yeah, as, <laughs> as possible. Yeah, it's, it's massive. Um, I, I, for, for a few weeks now, I've just been thinking that Wickham are going to get a result, going to get a win, and it's not been coming. Um, if it's if it is going to come, and I am going to be right, and Wickham are going to get out of this, which I, I do, I, I've always maintained that I think they will. Then this is, I think, got to be got to be a game they get three points in. Um, the only concern I think for Wickham will be that Kevin Bond has come in as Southend manager, and I think they played reasonably well in their last game against Fleetwood. They got a two-two draw, and I think uh, only a late goal from Fleetwood tonight, more three points. Yeah, late so. Um, I, I, that will that will maybe if that would, would that would concern me a little bit. The fact that they did put in a good performance, they did get a response from from Kevin uh, after Kevin Bond took over. Um, but I am gonna I'm gonna try not to sit on the fence. I'm gonna say Wickham are gonna just sneak it though. I do. I just I've been maintained for a while. That I think Wickham will get out of this. Uh, Ainsworth will just pull a win or two out of the bag from somewhere. I think this will be one of the games where they do get do get that win. So I'm gonna go for. One nil to Wickham. Right, so we're moving on to the other games we've got um, for this weekend. The, another one involves two teams fighting for their lives at the bottom of the league: Accrington versus Walsall. Joe, do you want to start for this one? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's just another huge game, really, at the bottom of the league, and um, both teams need to win. Um, both in poor form, uh, both in the back of really damaging defeats, where. 
you know, they'll just be, you know, just Walsall especially, you know, just after after last week, uh, Oxford, you know, losing to 10 men, um, they'll, they'll just be just low on confidence, you would assume, but maybe this new this um, new caretaker might just um, get something out of that accurate. It just feels like just so long since they last won a game. I mean, they're just their form has been just declining and declining for so long that I think Walsall might just get a reaction from their new caretaker manager. I just, I've, got, I've just got a feeling they might just pull off Pull off, pull off a, a win, and I'm going to go one uh, 0 to Walsall in that game as well. I think actually, I think this is a really, really tough game to call. I think the way yeah. I think about Ackerton is the way you think about Wickham. I think John Coleman will get them out of it. Well, say in poor form and they're sucking towards the relegation zone. I don't think that they are one of the four worst sides in the league, all things considered. And they, they, if they are going to break out this rut, it's going to have to be quite soon. And Walsall. Minus the first 12 weeks of the season, you could possibly put a case on being the worst team in the league. I know Bradford have rocked bottom, but Walsall, mm. they they just don't really seem they have got that much quality other than Cook and in their team. So I'm, I think it's a tough one to call. Walsall could easily get the new manager bounce, which so often happens once you get um someone new in. But I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go one-one. I think it's going to be a score draw. I think both teams are going to be looking to win the game, but ultimately, I think neither will probably just have enough to be able to get it, although it wouldn't surprise you if it was decided either way late on. Matt, what's your take? Well, I'm going to go sort of against what Joe said, that with the uh, new manager bounce for Walsall, I'm going to go with an Accrington win. I think Walsall, as you keep, as you said, apart from the first 12 weeks, have been really poor. And I just think Accrington, they showed in glim- you know, glimpses of what they could do from last season. And you think, yeah, why not? Why can't they just get you know stop any rut, stop real the, the, you know, the murmurings that they're going to go down? And go with a, I'll go with a two-nil win. Just think they just have that bit of quality that Walsall are, are really lacking this time. And it's to me, it's not it's not even difficult to call. I think Accrington are going to easily win two-nil. It's not even going to be it'll be a solid not one of those solid two-nil wins where nothing really never look worried mm-hmm. that Walsall will score or. It's a good game for Accrington to be able to break out this right. If you if they could pick a fixture, you probably maybe before Keats was sacked, you'd say Walsall at home. But you can't. It's the sort of game which I think you would want. If you're struggling at the minute, isn't it really? Yeah, I mean, if if you can get the home, if you can get maybe an early goal, get the home crowd, you know, really going, and you know, you should, you should be able to easily see out the result because Walsall don't have that have any sort of fight in them. I don't think they can be able to pull it pull a result away from home. Maybe if it was at Walsall, it might it might be a different result. But at, if it's at when it's at Accrington, you can't see anything more than an Accrington win, really. Um, then the third game we've got is Charlton versus Luton. We've touched on both teams a bit in this podcast. Matt, what's your take for this one? Well, I think this one is definitely the one that I really couldn't call either way because you could think Luton, they've been fantastic all year and you think, just you, if you like, you, for me, I like to see Luton win because I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Luton Town. You know, they've got, it's a nice little ground at Luton. It's, but also Charlton are in really good form as well. You can't really say oh yeah but Luton should Charlton have only lost one game in 16 as we have as we've said that's why I've gone for a draw in this a score draw in this one of 1-1 it's maybe not the result that either team would really want maybe this benefits Luton more than more than Charlton obviously but I can't see either team winning it so I'll go with a 1-1 draw on this one how about you Joe um again another tough one to call um I just I just don't see Luton actually losing another game um on at the end of the season, I just think they're just so strong. They're on such a roll. They they just don't know they're going to be beaten. And um, I think Charlton will probably be out of their remaining fixtures. The one where you think, well, maybe this is where the unbeaten run could come to an end um, with with the way Charlton are looking at the moment. But 
I still think Luton are going to. I think still think Luton are going to win this game. I just think they're just so strong at the moment that I actually fancy them to to to, to win the game. And I think uh, a two-one Luton win. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this one quite a lot, and I'm going to decide on the similar to what you say, Joe. The, this is the sort of game where if anyone's going to undo this chart on defence, it's going to be Luton. They're the way they attack. They're, they're just such a good team going forward. They are, without without a doubt, the best team going forward in the league. That's why they are where they are. And I think they're going to be able to win. I think they be fairly comfortable. They might be a bit close towards the start, but ultimately I think quality will prevail. And I'm going for a 3-1 to Luton in that one. And then for our final game for this week's predictions is Portsmouth versus Rochdale. I'll start for this one. I think it, it's um, Portsmouth is a t- always a tough place to go down at Fratton Park. The the home fans always get right behind the team, but then again, for, for, uh, they're at Rochdale are in such good form at the minute since Barry Murphy's come in. I think that they are going to get a result here, and it would be massive for Portsmouth's quest for the top two. But I think they might just um, slip up here when they um, have to play Rochdale at Fratton Park, and I'm going for a two-all draw here. I think both teams will be looking to attack. Similar to when Portsmouth played Wickham on the weekend, just gone. Both teams attacked, and there were goals in the game. And I'm going for two-two. Matt, how about you? Uh, I'm going for a Portsmouth win on this one. I think, as you say, Fratton Park is an extremely tough place to go, and if if the players put in, put in a good performance, the home crowd will get behind them. And Portsmouth just had that bit of quality that maybe Roch, while Rochdale are in good form, they you know they they got the they got the sort of the character to go to Fratton Park. I just can't see. The quality that Portsmouth have not put them over the top, so that's why mm-hmm. I've gone for a two-one win for Portsmouth. I can see Portsmouth game maybe going two-nil up and, Ro- and Rochdale making it a, a grandstand finish, but I think Portsmouth had the quality to see it, see a result out there. And Joe, do you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely concur with, with what you're saying there. I think um, although Rochdale are in uh, in good form, I don't see um, them having enough to beat Portsmouth in, on their own patch. I think it will be uh, a three-one Portsmouth win. Right, and that wraps up this week's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. It's been League One Lowdown. Thank you for coming on, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, as always, Joe, for coming on the line. Yeah, no problem, Bill. And um, you can follow us on Twitter at L1Lowdown, I think. <laughs> and then um, if, you, if you need to get in touch with us, just tweet us. We'll get back to you. If you, um, if you enjoyed it, let us know what you think. If there's an area we can improve on, again, let us know. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.